0: Welcome to Today on Broadway for Wednesday, April 24th, 2019. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. And I am Broadway star's James Marino. James, we've got a lot to do today, but I want to remind everybody that Tonight, Inc. is opening at the Samuel J. Friedman Theater from the Manhattan Theater Club. We'll talk more about that show here in a little bit. And also yesterday, the fundraising total from Broadway Cares Equity Fights AIDS's uh, Easter Bonnet competition was announced. They brought in an impressive um, $6,594,778. Um, The overall fundraiser, the best fundraising show, was not a Broadway show. It was from the And Peggy tour uh, of Hamilton, which had over half a million dollars. Uh, Hamilton um, itself was the top Broadway fundraiser. Mean Girls was second, followed by Lion King and Wicked. So congratulations to everyone there. We'll have more information and, in, awards videos and performance videos and stuff in the show notes if you want to check all that out. All right, let's
1: jump into it first up in the news. Reviews are in for the Broadway premiere of Tootsie.
0: Yes, the show opened up at the Marquee Theater on Broadway yesterday with a book by Robert Horn and music and lyrics by David Yazbeck, directed by Scott Ellis and choreographed by Dennis Jones. The, st- uh, the show stars a fantastic group of talent, including Santino Fontana, Lily Cooper, John Bailman, uh, Julie Halston, Michael McGraw, Reg Rogers, Sarah Stiles, uh, Andy Gratelution. Still, I got to figure out how to say that one. So if anyone knows, <laughs> let me know. Um, in a really talented cast, and James uh, as I suspect uh, as I suspected, the reviews were almost uniformly fantastic. Jesse Greens from The New York Times made the show a critic's pick, saying quote, "Comedy rarely flows as smoothly as it does here. The secret is more than the book it's the songs. Mr. Yazbek is one of the few composer lyricists working today who can set jokes to music and make them pay the most obvious instance in Tootsie is what's going to happen a show stopping pattern number for Michael's ex- Girlfriend, the neurotic Sandy, played by Sarah Styles, and a tumble of words reminiscent of model behavior from Mr. R- Yazbek's underrated score of women on the verge of a nervous breakdown, she goes well past that verge. The staging and physical production of Tootsie are so trite and vanilla, they could pass for the work of Ron Carlyle on Juliet's Curse, which is the play within the play, or perhaps George Abbott in 1965. The theory that musical comedy requires a flat, conventional environment to let the joke stand out is evidently being heeded here. But though Tootsie is hardly avant-garde, it need not have been a throwback. Green also says that Fontana, quote, gets just about everything right, um, Green doesn't really do much talk about the music of the show, which is actually one of the biggest uh, negatives that most of the other critics had to say. But this was definitely uh, as close to a rave as you were going to get from The New York Times. Uh, Looking at Nicole Saratori writing for the stage, she she said, quote, Despite a rather flavorless score by David Yazbek, the screen-to-stage adaptation of Tootsie is arguably the funniest new musical on Broadway. The cast is uniformly superb. Fontana's Dorothy is radiant, in contrast to his Michael, who is suitably dull. His gestures are feminine without being exaggerated. The gentle, gentle touch of hands to hips and the way he adjusts his hair. Though Cooper's role remains thankless, she makes a strong partner to Dorothy, Sarah Stiles as Michael's ex-girlfriend is frenetic, hairy delight, while Bauman joyfully toys with his character's uh, vacuity. Uh, Andy Greilution as Michael's roommate steals the show with his sarcastic delivery. Marilyn Stasio from Variety said, quote, the new Broadway adaptation of Tootsie is old-fashioned and proud of it, and it's a sure-fire crowd-pleaser. Robert Horn and David Yazbek have a high old time poking fun at theatrical rituals, the mortifying auditions, the grueling rehearsals, the agonizing openings, the backstage heartbreak, and and this affectionate send-up of a Broadway musical in its uniquely unlikely star. Director Scott Ellis leaves nothing and no one unscathed in staging this satire of a Broadway-bound musical called Juliet's Nurse. From the gaudy Renaissance costumes to the -the over-the-top choreography, the creatives nail it. Now, Matt Winman of AM New York, a friend of the show, is really the only major dissenter, giving it just one and a half out of four stars, saying, quote, This musical sucks. Declares Michael Dorsey. Uh, he actually said, he actually calls him Michael Dorothy. It's actually Michael Dorsey. So a little typo there. Um, at the beginning of Tootsie, the new Broadway musical uh, based on the 1982 cross-dressing film comedy starring Dustin Hoffman. Although the remark was made in regard to an intentionally cheesy show within a show sequence, it could apply just as easily to Tootsie, in and of itself. Um, like I said. Matt Winman, one of the only dissenters, most of the reviews had problems with the score not being very memorable. Um, James, we will have uh, a link to highlights of Tootsie in the show notes, and they're very well done, kind of more like a movie trailer uh, than a traditional theatrical B-roll. I'm I'm a little surprised, James. I knew that, like I said, I've been telling you, the show is going to get great reviews. It's going to get a ton of Tony nominations. Um, But I really thought, and maybe we'll still get it from Sarah Holdren, I really thought some people would have more of an issue with the fact that it doesn't really address the inherent misogyny in the show. Um, and even Nicole Saratori mentioned the fact that she thought it did. So maybe things changed from when I saw it, or maybe I was being too harsh on it. I I really had a problem with how little it actually seemed to care about the situation and how that situation played in modern society. So, uh, maybe I misread it and maybe I gave it a, maybe it bugged me more than uh, other people, but, um, otherwise the reviews were great so i don't think it's going to be a uh, real competition for hades town but it definitely is going to have a ton of nominations and so will probably get some wins as well okay so uh, um, real quick before we move on though i do have something else in this section if if uh, if that's okay of course Okay, so before we move on, remember on yesterday's show, James, when I said that we would let everybody know if Sarah Holdren or the New York Times had wildly different opinions than the practical raves for all my son that we had when we recorded? Well, Sarah Holdren and the New York Times had wildly different opinions than the practical (laughs) raves for all my sons that we had when we recorded yesterday. Jesse Green in the paper of record wrote, quote, in Arthur Miller's All My Sons, domesticity is just a backdrop. The drama takes place outdoors amid trees and sky in an Ohio backyard soon after World War II. Its anger and ambition are likewise elemental. Too bad then that the Roundabout Theater Company revival reaches the play's level only intermittently like a poorly tuned radio. Jack O'Brien's literal minded production does not make a resonant case for the drama today. Sarah Holdren, who replaced Green at Vulture, wrote, quote, The story climax of All My Sons still packs a wallop, but the road to its long, painfully dated and, though we don't like to admit to basic failings in our canonized playwrights, Market marked by some truly frustrating logical plot holes. And in director Jack O'Brien's production, the play's glaring issues go unexamined. Of course, the point of the play is that unpleasant things are going on are going to go down in this Norman Rockwell-esque backyard. But there are also unpleasant things going on in the fabric of Miller's play, and these are being summarily avoided, even added to, as the production reverentially almost complacently presents All My Sons as an unquestioned masterpiece. Um, So I don't know what to say here, James. These certainly upset the critical apple cart, and I now no longer have any idea what to expect for nominations for this one coming up uh, in less than a week, but wanted to get those out there because we very rarely see the later reviews differ so greatly from the earlier ones.
1: Maybe Jesse Green and Sarah Holdren hit Heartbreak Hill. I don't, I I missed that reference. We talked yesterday about Heartbreak Hill in the uh, New York City Marathon.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, gotcha. Okay, sorry, I was thinking it was a World War II reference because we were talking about uh, all my sons. But yes, oh. uh, maybe they did. They ran out of it. They ran out of gas.
1: Yeah. Well, I'll let you know, and uh, we'll talk about it on this week on Broadway, or we'll talk about it t- tomorrow, or cool. something like that. <laughs> I'm saying tonight, I think.
0: Yeah. All
1: right. Uh, next up, the Autocritic Critics Circle announces their 2019
0: nominees. Mm-hmm. Yes, they did. James Julie Halston and Michael Urey announced the nominations for the 69th annual awards. The Otter Critics Circle is made up of members from over 90 newspapers, magazines, radio and television stations, internet and theater publications in America and abroad. The winners will be announced on Monday, May 13th. Before we get to the actual nominations, though, James, said we've got some housekeeping. Like with the Drama League Awards earlier, Boys in the Band did not invite nominators, so they were not eligible. Torch Song was also ineligible because it was off Broadway last year and it was eligible then. However, said us No, it was not. But I am now turned off. Uh, sorry about that. Um, Torch Song. Well, uh, I'm sorry, but Hades Town, because it was substantially changed from when it was at New York Theater Workshop, was completely eligible in these nominations. All right, So we're going to go through the production and performance nominations. James. Obviously, we will have a link to the rest of the noms. In the show notes. Okay, so starting off with the outstanding new Broadway play, we have The Ferryman, Inc. Network to Kill a Mockingbird and What the Constitution Means to Me. Outstanding new Broadway musical, Be More Chill, Hades Town, Head Over Heels, The Prom and Tootsie. Outstanding new Off-Broadway play, Fairy View, The House That Will Not Stand, Lewiston and Clarkston, The Light White Noise outstanding new off-broadway musical the beast in the jungle black light girl from the north country the hello girls midnight at the neverget Outstanding Revival of a Play. This is for both Broadway or Off-Broadway. All My Sons, By the Way, Meet Vera Stark, Juno and the Paycock, Our Lady of 121st Street, The Waverly Gallery. Outstanding Revival of a Musical, again, Broadway and Off-Broadway. Carmen Jones, Fiddler on the Roof in Yiddish, Kiss Me Kate, Oklahoma, Smokey Joe's Cafe. Moving now on to the performance categories. Outstanding Actor in a Play, McKinley Belcher III for The Light, Brian Cranston for Network, David Diggs for White Noise, Bill Irwin for On Beckett and Jeremy Pope for Choir Boy. Outstanding actress in a play, Glenn Close for Mother of the Maid, Edie Falco, The True, Glenda Jackson, King Lear, Mandy Mazden for The Light and Elaine May for the Waverly Gallery. Outstanding actor in a musical, Brooks Brooks-Manskis, The Prom, Reeve Carney for Hadestown, Damon Dono for Oklahoma! Santino Fontana for Tootsie and Stephen Skybell for Fiddler on the Roof in Yiddish. Outstanding actress in a musical, Stephanie J. Block, The Share Show, Kelly O'Hara, for Kiss Me Kate, Beth Level the Prom, and Nikanoni Rose for Carmen Jones, and Mayor Winningham for Girl from the North Country. Outstanding featured actor in a play, Bertie Carvel for Inc., John Clay Third for Choirboy, Hugh Dancy for Apologia, John Procasino for Downstairs, and Benjamin Walker for All My Sons. Outstanding featured actress in a play, Joan Allen for The Waverly Gallery, Stephanie Barry for Sugar in Our Wounds, Finola Flanagan for The Ferryman, Harriet D. Foy, The House That Will Not Stand, Celia Keenan Bulger for To Kill a Mockingbird. Outstanding featured actor in a musical, We're Almost. Done. John Bailman for Tootsie, Andre DeShields for Town, Reg Rogers for Tootsie, John Sal- er, George Salazar for Be More Chill, Ephraim Sykes for Ain't Too Proud, and finally, Outstanding Featured Actress in a Musical, Amber Gray for Hadestown, Leslie Kritzer for Beetlejuice, Bonnie Milligan for Head Over Heels, Sarah Stiles for Tootsie, and Ali Stroker for Oklahoma. In total, Town led the way with 12 nominations, despite there not being one for Patrick Page for some ungodly, no pun intended, uh, <laughs> reason that's absurd and ridiculous, and that better be remedied on Tuesday. Um, Tootsie was next with 10. Special Achievement Awards are going to be given to the 1,874 people responsible for manipulating King Kong, <laughs> and the York Theatre Company will also be honored, James.
1: All right. I think you're all set. Let me record this one this time.
0: hold on let me take a drink and a hit for my inhaler all right what do we have in broadway show and casting news all right, first up, perhaps because he's got another mouth to feed now, it was announced yesterday that Jeremy Jordan and Shoshana Bean would be extending in Waitress through June 2nd. I personally am still holding out hope that Jeremy will extend again and his former Supergirl co-star Melissa Benoist will do another summer Broadway drop-in, but that's just me. Going a couple blocks south on 8th Avenue from Waitress at the Brooks to the Jacobs, where yesterday it was announced that Tony winner Blair Brown will not be taking over the role of Aunt Maggie Faraway as originally planned in The Ferryman yeah. due to an injury suffered unrelated to the show. Original star and now Outer critic Circle uh, nominee, Antonio nominee, uh, Finola Flanagan has extended her run in the role. Speaking of UK-based extensions, yesterday the Manhattan Theatre Club announced that Inc., which is opening tonight, would extend again. This time the show is scheduled to run through June 23rd. And finally, in the Broadway show and casting section, while this show won't technically be on Broadway, it is about a Broadway bounty hunter so i'm going to include it so don't at me okay um yesterday jennifer ashley tepper and allison bressy announced the complete cast for the upcoming off-broadway premiere of joe iconis as broadway bounty hunter joining the previously announced annie golden as the title character will be brad oscar emily borromeo uh, badia farha christina saju uh, saju and jasmine forsberg who is a sophomore at penn state university james that's for you but i saw her in a local central Florida production of Carrie the musical four years ago while she was still in high school. Uh, she's fantastic. So I'm really excited about that. Um, but not only that, but playing the title role on Saturday matinees. So she is, um, going to be Annie Golden's alternate is the great Ann L. Nathan. So, uh, a pretty, pretty nice alternate there. The show began performances at the Greenwich house theater on July 9th. All right. Oh, Look at this topic here. Oh, (laughs) Lord. Oy vey. (laughs) Oy vey.
1: Next up in the news,
0: Jukebox Musical News. We're not going to keep this section, are we? I hope not often because this was a weird day of stuff for this one, James. Um, Every one of these three stories is a head scratcher to wildly varying degrees. First up, Deadline reported yesterday that Sony has already secured the film rights to the Britney Spears musical Once Upon a One More Time, um, despite the fact that the show won't even have its world premiere until this fall in Chicago. However, the show is still planning on making its Broadway bound next year. I, who knows if it ever makes it to Broadway. If they're just going to make a musical or a movie out of it, Just do that, I guess. Um, So that's the surprising, huh, that's random side of head scratching. This one is a little more annoying. Yesterday it was announced that Survivor, the Destiny's Child musical, would make its premiere in Houston before looking to run in New York and or London, which on its own is completely fine. Sure, why not a Destiny's Child musical? Um, That's I've got no problem with that. But here's the thing. The story apparently is not going to be about Beyonce, Michelle or Kelly, but instead told from the perspective of the group's manager, Beyonce's often estranged father, Matthew Knowles. In the press release announcing the project, he said, quote, I feel it's time to give the world an opportunity to hear, see, and feel the victories and failures that I've had as a husband, father, and manager who risked everything in pursuit of fulfilling dreams, those of mine and others. Wow. Wow. James, this is this is going to be a hard pass for me. Uh, I welcome a Destiny's Child musical, but not one about this guy, Um, not one about the group's male manager. The problem is, is that he controls all the rights to the music, to the music. Mm. Um, So if uh, we're going to get one, it's going to have to be perhaps over his dead body. Um, But speaking of hard passes, James, here is the hardest of them all. Because following her interview with the Daily Mail last week, Lynn Nottage and director-choreographer Christopher Wheeldon gave an interview to the New York Times' Michael Paulson about their continued involvement in the Michael Jackson musical, whose name I will not speak because it's absolutely ridiculous, especially considering everything that's going on, that still plans on coming to Broadway in the summer of 2020 and apparently will have a working session this fall. Uh, To his credit, Michael Paulson asked, all of the right questions, and I'm really glad that uh, that he was the one that did this and to know the questions from a theatrical and a, uh, socially conscious standpoint. He, he did a great job of asking the questions uh, and getting these two artists, both of whom I respect immensely or at least did. Uh, to speak on the record, first, they both adamantly said that the Jackson estate put no restrictions on what topics the musical could and couldn't cover, at least not yet. However, both Nottage and wielden said some things that were disappointing at best. Um, I'm going to quote a few of them for you just so I'm not you know, mincing words and I'm not getting anything lost in translation. Nottage said, quote, I see the artwork that we're making as a way to more deeply understand Michael Jackson and process feelings. And ultimately, that's what theater can do. Nope. Uh, when asked if they believed that Michael Jackson was a child molester, Wieldon said, quote, it's a very difficult question to answer, especially in the position that we are making this musical right now. The recent documentary is believable, but our position in making this show is that we're trying to make a show that's balanced. So I don't know that I have a definitive definitive answer for you. Those are questions that we're asking in our process. Both Nottage and Wilden, uh said the exact same quote of we are not judge and jury. Nope. Uh, and later, Nottage said, I'm very committed to this collaboration with Chris. We have, up until this point, created a piece of art that I feel very proud of, and I think it would be a damn shame to walk away from it now. We appreciate, or we created a piece of art that's very truthful and very beautiful. That said, have I had restless, sleepless nights? Absolutely. And I probably will continue until the day that we open. Um, they both said Nottage especially said that they were – The show focuses on Michael Jackson's creative process, not trying to tell his whole life story. um, And they're still working on what exactly will be included. Um, But I kind of understand what they're saying here, James, because A, there's a lot of money on the line for both of them. And B, they believe in what they've created. I've heard from people who have seen the script and saw some of the early readings, and they think it is actually a truly remarkable show. But no matter how balanced or how thoughtful this show is now, after the documentary, after so much more attention has been paid to this, it will inevitably be seen as honoring Michael Jackson, um, somebody who I think most you know level-headed folks have no interest in honoring. Uh, and I would have hoped that artists of Nottage and Wielden's character and talent would have realized that this is not the time to be honoring somebody who is so credibly accused of such horrible things. So I don't know what's going to happen with this show. It just seems like this press offensive is probably the least well-advised thing in the history of PR. Well, that's an exaggeration, of course, but you know what I'm saying.
1: So if this were a Hallmark movie. uh, okay, (laughs) The Hallmark movie not being the Michael Jackson thing, but the Hallmark movie, the main characters are Lynn Nottage and Christopher Wheeldon. Uh, In their struggle to write this show, they're in the perfect position to burn down the house.
0: (laughs) Well, in the Hallmark movie, they're always in a a very quaint local village that really loves Christmas. Um, But yeah, beyond that, sure. Yeah, this is the time to make the change. And uh, Lori Lachlan won't be in that Hallmark movie. No, no, no. no she won't. I was thinking we well, could take these
1: uh, three musicals, the Britney Spears musical, Destiny's Child's musical, and the Michael Jackson musical, and uh, we can put it in residency at the uh, at the Lunt for
0: two performances each. Uh, you fit- know what's crazy? Oh, sorry, go ahead. I interrupted your joke. No,
1: there. no, no. Just uh, fit it in, in between Mel Brooks and Morrissey, you know.
0: <laughs> yeah. I just It's just crazy. Out of these three... Shows the Britney Spears one is the one that I'm actually most interested in seeing. <laughs> it's like, the least. It? It's the least
1: crazy. It's going to start Nathan Lane. <laughs> It'll start Nathan Lane as the stabilizing force after Titus.
0: Uh, <laughs> seriously, like, how is the Britney Spears jukebox musical the least crazy of the three biopics? <laughs> Although I will say I have heard, phenomenal. Like uh, the cast um, who has been involved with readings of, of that show is top-notch, uh, some really great folks, so uh, young Broadway uh, up-and-coming stars, so I'm excited to see if any of them continue with it in Chicago.
1: All right. Is there a role in there for Ben Stein? <laughs> well,
0: all I right. don't understand that <laughs> at all. See, we got past 20 minutes again. This is the problem. Where are we going with former Richard Nixon speechwriter and economic advisor Ben Stein? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Wasn't, wasn't he in one of the Britney Spears videos? One of those uh, it's playing a weird character?
0: Not uh, that I remember, but maybe. I, uh, who knows? All right. once you get a out of here? Bueller. Bueller. <laughs> anyway. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow Bueller. us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWW Matt. I would still like to win some of Ben Stein's money, though. <laughs> well, I saw Ferris down to 32 flavors, and he had totally
1: passed out. And my name is James Marino from broadwayradio.com and broadwaystars.com. Thanks for spending some of your Wednesday with us. And Matt and I will be back and talk with you late on Thursday morning.